Hello, friends, and welcome to the Kindred Life Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Marie Bailey, a regenerative farmer, author, wife, and mom, and I'm so glad you're here. Join me each week as I share encouraging and faith-filled stories, prompts, challenges, and conversations that will breathe life into your days and moments so you can dig more deeply into a life of connection right where you are. Do you want to live more bravely, purposefully, and connected to the people and tangible experiences that matter most? Then listen in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad to be back with you guys again today. I did not intend to take another little break from podcasting, but um, a crazy respiratory sickness descended on our house again, and I could not talk for about two weeks without coughing. So I am so glad to be able to talk clearly today and to be back with you. There's so many things I want to share with you um, as we're edging closer to spring. I've got lots of conversations on the docket that I'll be sharing in the next few weeks. I'm so excited. So what is happening here on the farm? Well, we got a crazy snow here in mid-January. It was the snow that we asked for, and we got seven inches in just a few hours time. So we were living in a snow globe for a week. As is typical in Middle Tennessee, some of the roads were clear and some were literally covered in ice and snow for about a week. It was crazy. So I think by the end, we were all like, that was amazing and we're ready for it to be gone. (laughs) But you guys, I got to go sledding for the first time in so many years. And I am not kidding. It brought me so much joy. I was so sore, but I have not laughed that hard on my own in so long. My girls thought I was crazy. I was like cackling like a wild woman, shuttling down the hill. So that was really fun. But now we are ready for spring. Um, The field is starting to look green again. The cover crop ryegrass that we have planted is really coming in. My garlic plants are doing great. And they're so miraculous that they are completely fine even being covered in snow and ice for a week. They're so hardy. But the feeling in the air the last few days has just been like spring is coming. So I know that you guys are excited about that. I'll be sharing what I'm growing this season, even some tips and pointers for you if you're wanting to start your own garden this year. Um, I hope that what I have to share here will be motivating and inspiring for you. But let's dive into what I wanted to share today. I have a little story for you. A few years ago, right before my book release of the Kindred Life book, Um, This was in winter and spring 2022. I started taking hot yoga classes at a local studio. And this was not my first time taking hot yoga. So back in Dallas, when we lived there, I had um, first been introduced to hot yoga, I think around 2006. And it was American power yoga. It was kind of a method of yoga that also incorporates um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, super hot temperatures in the classes. And I felt incredible when I first started doing American power yoga. I remember feeling so good in my body. Up to that point, I had never done, I had never practiced yoga before. Um, I had mainly done like aerobic walking and jogging and just like working out in a gym. So it was a really cool experience and a memorable experience. 
But then I kind of dropped off and started doing other types of exercise, kettlebell training and more weightlifting and strength training type of things. And then, of course, I discovered Pilates and um, I've been doing that for over 10 years. But at this stage in my life, in that early part of 2022, on the precipice of kind of diving into this new world with releasing a book and Um, Such a big transition that it was going to be for me personally and for my family and the farm during that several month period. I felt the need to just be more present and move my body in a different way than I had before. And I was ready to embrace kind of different challenging movements. And I was kind of craving just the intense heat that hot yoga would provide for me. And maybe I just needed that like cleansing feeling as I was like, gearing myself up for this new challenge and also the motivation of having to leave my house and show up at a class that I had signed up for already was also really motivating for me during that time and going to that yoga studio in that early part of 2022 it served me so well in that season and for about six months I needed it really badly And then after it served its purpose for me, I didn't need it anymore. And I went back to exercising at home, which is what I do now. But while I was going to yoga, I had a favorite yoga instructor. Her name was Casey. Shout out to Casey if you're listening to this. But she said something in every single class, and it has stuck with me ever since. She said, root to rise. What does it mean to root to rise? In yoga class, it means that we spread our toes out and stuck them firmly to the mat like we were growing roots through our feet and through our toes, and this would give us a strong foundation for whatever pose that we were doing. Um, Often that was like chair pose or any of the warrior poses where you really need the foundation of your feet to hold your body up. And, you know, we're so used to walking in closed-toed shoes and shoes that maybe are a little more narrow or tight for our feet, that there's something so freeing about being in a position where you're spreading your toes and really widening your feet. The more that you go barefoot, you find that maybe your feet have actually grown bigger and you may even need to, like, increase your shoe size. That has happened to me in the last couple of years. I have gone up half a size in my shoes, and I think it's from so much time spreading my feet, exercising barefoot, and being outside barefoot. But when she asked us to root to rise, we dug our feet firmly into the mat. And then and only then could we lift our bodies or our arms straight up and rise with strength. But we first had to form that foundation, that rooted foundation from the bottom that would serve us all the way up throughout the rest of our bodies. And we might still wobble, which was okay. Casey would always encourage us, it's okay to wobble. It's okay to even fall over and then to get back in position and root yourself again. But the more time that we take to create that rootedness, we can rise more strongly. And if we're rooted, we aren't likely to completely fall over. So as a farmer, of course, my ears perked up the first time I heard the word rooted. You know, I love that word and I love some good alliteration with root to rise. That's probably why the phrase has stuck with me so much over the last several years. And I think that rooting to rise is such a beautiful analogy as a believer I know that being rooted in Christ, in being rooted in my faith, I can rise up knowing that I might wobble. 
and I might fall over, but I have the opportunity to get back in that stance, if you will, back in that position and that posture of rooted faith and rise again. And my stance won't be perfect, but it can be strong, so strong. And the more deeply my roots go, the stronger I get. On the farm, we know that healthy foundations and roots for a plant are everything, especially with the regenerative farming practices that we do here. Soil health and strong roots are like absolutely essential. It's why we put so much attention to healthy soil and adding compost and fertilizer. When my seedlings are just starting out in early spring in our little mini greenhouse where I start all of our seeds in late February, I fertilize them with this very delightful smelling fish emulsion. But spraying that on the plants, especially when they're just starting out as little tiny seedlings, it encourages them to not just shoot up high, but to also anchor down with strong roots. We don't want them to just be leggy plants that are shooting out from the soil. We want the foundation of that plant to be strong. Just having a plant that's rising quickly and growing tall without strong roots is not actually beneficial, even though it might appear that way. The stronger the roots are, it gives that seedling a better chance of surviving once they're transplanted into the field after the frost when it's time to plant in April, which is when we plant here. And then when it is time to plant them in the soil, in the actual field, there are times when I don't plant something deeply enough and the plant flops over because its roots are too shallow. And even though we add several inches of compost every time we plant a new row, we're adding up those layers of soil health every single time. Storms come in, rainwater can wash away the topsoil. So that can also affect the depth Um, and the health of the roots of that plant. The nourishment in the soil and whatever is underneath it, deep down, is essential for the health and growth of the plant. In order to rise strong, we need deep roots. Nature shows us this, God's creation shows us this, and life experience shows us this, right? Roots are not the whole picture, and they were never meant to be the whole picture, What happens beneath the surface was always meant to be there so that something beautiful and healthy and nourishing could grow out of the surface, could rise up. So in episode eight of this podcast, I did an entire episode about being rooted and I shared some real life practical examples of what do we want to be rooted to? You know, I've already mentioned, of course, to me, my faith is the number one thing I want to be rooted to. But what about our family culture? the rhythms and practices that we're building in our homes, how we're spending our time, the people we're surrounding ourselves with. You know, we're rooted in my husband's Korean heritage, my Italian heritage, carrying on those traditions with our children. Um, We're rooted in the actual land where we live and we're invested here in community and inviting people in and sharing the goodness um, that we've been given with other people. Those are just a few practical examples. So definitely go back and listen episode eight if you haven't already. Um, I'll link to that in the show notes. But have you ever thought about why there are so many nature analogies in the scriptures? Jesus himself used them. Um, He compared our faith to vines and fields and plants growing by a stream. 
um, even all the way back in the Old Testament in the book of Jeremiah. I love how the New Living Translation says this in Jeremiah 17. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Perhaps God used nature as an analogy so many times throughout the scriptures because it's something we all have access to. No matter where you live, whether that is in a city or suburbia or here in the country, you can see it with your own eyes. It's free for everyone. And God's truth is written in creation. And if we open our eyes, we can see that plainly. But I believe that we're living with so many distractions that we don't even see. But it is so kind of him to use something that is free and available to all of us to speak to us in such impactful ways that really are life-changing. So at the end of each farming season here, the flowers and the plants die with the first frost. And here in Middle Tennessee, that is usually the end of October. Sometimes it'll go all the way into early November. And that's like this crazy unexpected gift. But usually the end of October, we're planning on the last day of having flowers before the frost comes. And it's always a really kind of sad day for me, but also a bittersweet one. Just looking back at all the beautiful growth we've had that season and knowing it's time to let it go. Once this time comes, and it's one of the key things that we do in regenerative farming, is we leave the roots in the soil after the dead plants are removed. We're not ripping the roots out of every single plant and disposing of it because if we do, we are pulling out so many nutrients and so much good soil that's attached to those roots that could continue to break down and make the soil even healthier. If the plant is a perennial like a dahlia, for example, their roots are still there beneath the surface with life still pulsing through them, just waiting all winter long for the right nourishing conditions to send up green shoots again. This is with all plants that are bulbs like daffodils, uh, my irises that are in my front flower beds. They're under there. There's still life under that soil just waiting for the right time to emerge. Until then, there are no visible signs of growth. I cannot see those roots and I don't know exactly what's happening, but rest assured there is growth because in early spring at the right moment, those green shoots will start rising up again from the roots. So root to rise. I will not stop thinking about that phrase. I'll think about it as I'm starting teeny tiny seedlings smaller than a fingernail this spring. Um, in my seed trays in the greenhouse um, when I'm planting each one in its individual cell and knowing that each one of those seeds is going to grow into a plant that will nourish multiple people, um, that will maybe grow flowers that will end up on someone's dinner table or as a gift handed to a friend. What roots were growing are significant and they're life-changing for us and for the people that are that are in our community, the people that we affect in our daily lives. So it's important, it's important that we are rooting deeply and we're rooting strong so that we can rise strong too. I love the song Propeller Seeds by Imogene Heap. I don't know if you've heard her. She has like kind of dreamy electronic pop music. Um, she reminds me so much of like early 2000s living in Nashville. I think that's when I first heard her music. 
But in her song, Propeller Seeds, there's this one part where she says in the lyrics, what's happening here? I'm growing roots through my toes and leaves from my fingertips. Unfurl. Where does this story go? And I love that so much. So friends, as we look at our lives, as we think about what we're rooting ourselves to in 2024, remember that we're rooting so that we can rise. I don't know about you, but I want to choose wisely what I'm rooting myself in because it matters and it determines how healthy my roots are going to be and where my story is going to go and where your story is going to go. So as you go about your daily life today, here are a few prompts I want to leave with you to reflect upon. Grab a pen and paper or type them into your phone if you'd like. What are you rooted in right now? Is it truth and nourishment? Is it good, healthy relationships and community among people who really know you? Is it in rhythms that guide you through your days rather than steal away precious time? If you don't feel like your life is rooted in good things, how can you change that? It is not too late to change it and to reclaim. On the farm, we add nourishment. We add compost, fertilizer, and sometimes we tear things up and start fresh. We also remove weeds that are competing with the healthy roots. What do you need to do to start rooting and rising in a strong, healthy way? Do you like where your story is going? Visualize your life like a plant rising out of the soil. What does it look like? How does it feel? Do you feel hope? Okay, my friends, at the end of every episode, I share three simple joys in my life right now and encourage you to do the same and join me. So this is something you can do every single day. You can do it every single week, but the focus and the goal is seeing those small things in our lives that are joyful, that make us happy, that just bring a smile to our faces. These are things that get us through our days and there will come a time for all of us when we're dealing with heavy, hard things and developing this gratitude practice keeps us going. Here are my three simple joys this week. So the first one is my new bird feeder. I have been wanting a bird feeder for so long Um, I don't even know why I haven't had one on the farm in a while. I have a hummingbird feeder that brings me so much joy all throughout spring and summer. There's like seven or eight hummingbirds at a time on my feeder sometimes throughout the summer. But I didn't have just a regular old bird feeder. And I have this slight obsession with cardinals. I don't know. It makes me so happy to see cardinals in my yard, especially in wintertime. And so one of my sweet friend's son... Um, who my girls have been friends with since we moved here when they were really little, he makes his own bird feeders. They're really cool. They they hang from a chain and then there's kind of like a mesh bottom. So the bird seed doesn't fall through, but it like lets air flow and doesn't get all clogged with like leaves and things like that. So I got a bird feeder from him and I love it so much. It makes me so happy. It took probably about a week for birds to figure it out. I wanted to hang it right outside my dining room window, but I didn't think that they would come so quickly to that spot. So I started in the forest and I'm like slowly edging it closer to my house. (laughs) Um, But it took a few days for the birds to find it. I put like specific 
bird seed that is good for cardinals and songbirds. And it's been so fun having that there, um, especially when it snowed a few weeks ago. It was so beautiful seeing them come in the snow to the bird feeder with that beautiful background. So yeah, that is just bringing me joy right now. And I want to add like 10 more bird feeders. I think I want to hang one from the dogwood tree and maybe even the apple tree. Okay, the second one is um, there was a big sale on Athleta's website, and um, I think I've, I'm sure I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I am all about like having less but better quality things now. As I get older, I'm like, no, you just got to pay for the good clothes, for the good quality things that are going to last years. And I love finding something like that that is truly worth the money. Anyway, Athleta was having a sale and I got a pair of their Salutation jogger pants and they are amazing. I could pretty much wear them all day, every day. Um, they are the softest, most comfortable pants I think I've ever put on. It feels like you're put like they're hugging your legs. They're silky soft and they're looser than leggings because they're a jogger, but they're not super baggy. And then they have this really cool thick waistband, which isn't very much essential after having had children. Um, it is really nice to have the extra support in the waist area. Um, but I love them. I can go out in them. They're nice enough and polished enough that I can go out in them. Um, I can work out in them and kind of transition from going out to exercising. And yeah, just huge fan. So they're bringing me joy right now. I love a good pair of well-fitting pants. Okay, the third one is just being outside in winter. So I talked about this um, on my e- in my email newsletter in January, um, the Kindred Letter. Definitely sign up if you haven't already. This is where I really hang out in greater depth. Um, I love interacting with readers and just sharing more stories with my email friends. I do book giveaways there. I share what I'm listening to and watching and experiencing and discovering and cooking um, in that monthly newsletter. So definitely join the Kindred Letter. The link is in the show notes. But In my January one, I've talked about one of my new favorite words. It is the word apricity, and it means the warmth of the sun in winter. I've been thinking about that so much lately because, goodness, it's so easy to just want to like huddle inside in winter and not get out, get out there. Um, Depending on where you live, it might mean you have to really bundle up. Like we just, you know, experienced negative temperatures in January, and it was hard to still get outside. You know, it's a big effort. But I've never once regretted it. And there is just a different beauty to winter. There are different plants. It's a whole different landscape. Um, there are still so many beautiful details that you can see. There's so much so much growing. We have evergreen trees. Um, there are, you know, daffodil shoots that are trying to come out of the ground. There are still insects and birds and all kinds of little creatures. And it's been so life-giving for our family to just continue to get outside. A couple of things that have helped us with that are tracking our hours with the 1,000 Hours Outside app. You know my love for all things that Ginny Urich puts out in the world, her podcasts and her books, and the app has been amazing. We kind of have these little benchmark challenges that our family's aiming for, but it's so great because you can track your daily hours outside and you start to see it really racking up. Um, you can also add photos and a journal entry to what you did that day. So I can't wait to look back at the end of the year and see what all we've done. There have been a whole lot of campfires being built. My girls got rollerblades and jump ropes, and that has helped my like teen and tween daughters um, get outside and stay outside for longer. Um, I actually want to share a lot more 
more about that in a future episode. I know that a lot of you have asked me questions about how to get older kids outside. Getting outside in winter, don't give up on it, friends. It is so life-giving. Get out there, get some winter sun on your face. You need the vitamin D and it's so good for your body and for your mental health. All right, friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me again. As you go through the rest of the winter season and approach early spring, may your roots reach deep and strong, nourished with good things. May your branches and your leaves and your vines rise strong, rooted in the best possible soil. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. so much for listening to this episode of the kindred life podcast i want you to know that your kindred life is worth it and i'm cheering you on if you love this episode please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review so other people can find this podcast you can always find me online at christinemariebailey.com where you can also join my email community the kindred letter so you don't miss a thing You'll also get several freebies for signing up for my email list, including the first chapter of my audiobook and some fun free guides. You can also follow along on Instagram at Organic Bean and at The Kindred Farm. See you next time.